got a soul, can you just get the door? <laughs> oh, it's look, it's uh, it's, it's Japanese bomb. <laughs> That's what we'll play after we've been killed in a plane accident. <laughs> <laughs> what was the Star Wars uh, bit about? That was you who said it. I know, it was you. It's you it's from oh, that's YouTube for channel. our Moonraker episode. Yes. Ah, oh, yes. right, that yes. makes sense now. Okay, yeah. Oh, God. That, that of course, was uh, the one, the only Tomo Fallows theme tune extraordinaire. It's getting more and more elaborate. <laughs> I love it. It's my favourite one. Yeah, I think I, it's great. I was, yeah, I was crying with laughter when I listened <laughs> to it because it's so like it's like oh serious, you know, nice music, and then hello, it's me, <laughs> Japanese Bond. <laughs> He's really talented, actually, with the like how you can hear both Bondian elements and diminishing returns mm. theme elements. It's yeah, really yeah. good. That's specifically the Moonraker theme in that one. So. Well, yes, yes. Not that anyone would recognise it. Because <laughs> you forget it as soon as you've listened to it. You say that, but somewhere Shirley Bassey uh, has her headphones <laughs> in right now and is listening to this. <laughs> and, and and she's going, yes, the long-awaited return of Japanese Bond. It's been too long. <laughs> Japanese Bond! ding, 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 ding. Uh, right. Yes, we're back on Bond. <laughs> I'm Calvin, a man, and with me is another man, Saul. Hello, Alan. <laughs> and and we have a another a man, Alan. The Moonraker no hoes. There we go. Yeah, there are no women with us today. <laughs> Right, so we're on uh, Moonraker. I think it's been a while since we've started doing these. I wonder if we should recap very quickly exactly where we all stand with Bond. I'm a massive fan. Moonraker is one of my very personal favourites. It was the first one I ever saw. It's the one that got me interested in the whole Bond thing to begin with. Um, Calvin, do you have have some sort of way of presenting your thoughts on Bond in a more personal way, not just on this podcast? Well, you do. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do. There, there, there's, a, yeah, there's a, an outlet for me without interruption, which is very satisfying. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I have a YouTube channel. Uh, what's it called? It's, uh, uh, oh, it's www.youtube.com. Okay, I've got it so far. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm the big <laughs> fan of this. HTTPS. <laughs> I'm I'm the big fan of this franchise, and you two, I think it's fair to say, are not. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be fair. <laughs> but you have enjoyed some before. <laughs> well. Mm, ish. There's been one or two You liked Dr. Right. No? Just about. Mm. Yeah. So, so the bar for you guys is all right. That's, <laughs> that's the high bond bar, is it? Yeah, so it far, has been so yeah. far, yeah. Okay, okay. I'm, I mean, I'm generally astounded at the lack of um, quality across the board. Like, the further we get into this series, it, mm. it, it's it's starting to weigh on me, to be honest. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I will say, though, and this one, this Moonraker is a good example. The production quality is, is getting better. It's like it's edited properly, um, mm-hmm. for the most part. The actors are acting. Oh man, there's some there's some classic silent movie acting from from Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're about to crash into that thing. Better gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one is. I, I think we'll see a notable decline in visual quality. Anyway, by that I mean just the visual presentation, lighting, cinematography, all that kind of stuff declines after this one. I think. Oh, really? really? I don't know I whether we they on, just I had we were on oh, upward, dear. upward uh, trajectory. Um, um, I don't know. There's something about the next set of movies. The next five are all directed by John Glenn, and there's something very TV about them. But these ones, like, and I think Spy Love Me, the one that we looked at last time as well, they have got a really nice. Big, you know, cinemascope, mm. uh, cinematic quality to them. I don't know if they just like splashed out on more expensive film stock or what. But so coming into Moonraker, Moonraker is obviously one of the most derided Bond films. It's the one where he is goes it? to outer space. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, like this, Dying yeah. of the Day, um, View to a Kill. Oh, this was this was, but this was much better than some of the ones we've seen recently. I, oh, I kind of just assumed this was a fan favorite. Oh no no no! The majority uh, really dislike it. I mean, if you, the concept of James Bond in space is obviously very silly, uh, it's a classic silly idea. But it, yeah, it's but it's so handled... is the concept of of James Bond fighting a voodoo priest with magic powers or a mountain <laughs> yeah. giant metal teeth. Yeah, I mean this this is as realistic or... and and down to earth as any Bond film is. Uh, hmm. Like they go to space, yeah, but it's like they don't teleport into space. You know, they fly up there. It's kind of they do shoot each other with laser beams. Yeah, but fair. it's as realistic as any Bond film. I mean, like, yeah, it's not realistic. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah. Our friend Cubby Broccoli did make a big oh. stink in the promotional. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the tutorial, uh, Is that Cubby over there with you, Alan? Yeah, he just snuck in there. He heard his name. <laughs> oh hi, Cubby. You'll you'll remember this little anecdote then that I'm going to tell the the listeners that you promoted this film as being science fact instead of science fiction. Hey, you, you get it? It's science fact, not fiction. I'm doing Rocky. What's going? On? <laughs> I got Rocky on the brain. Hey, oh <laughs> yeah, you do it. <laughs> science, fact. Yeah. science fiction, not science. Science fiction. We leave that for the. For the ordinary movies, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the ordinary movies, you know, the Star Wars, those are kids' movies. This this James Bond, we got some honeys in the movie, we got some real honeys, we got the science fact. What the men pay to see. Hey! Oh! So Cubby was was the success of Star Wars any inspiration for this film? 
Yeah, hey! It just might have been. Yeah. <laughs> hey, whoa! Did you notice that at the end of The Spy Who Loved Me, you know when they say James Bond will return? It was supposed to be James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only, but yes, because I, I Star Wars this, was yeah. a big success, they just like looked back at the Fleming books and it was like, oh, fortunately, one of them has in the moon in the title. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I, I recently read the book. Uh, and it's got no, and it's, it's nothing has, to do with the film, right? Oh, absolutely nothing okay. at all. Really? It's got more in common with Die Another Day, if, if anything. Uh, I mean, the villain has the same name. And that's about it, really. Um, the the book's actually my favourite Bond book so far. It's entirely set in England. It's about a madman who's developing a nuclear defence system for England. Very topical, uh, still. And obviously he has other plans for that big nuclear missile. But yeah, the, the, he, Bond does not go into space. In Moonraker, the book, the, the name of the atomic bomb, which the missile which is going to defend England is called the Moonraker, but that's about it. Well, I mean, it has no relevance here either, basically. <laughs> no, it's an arbitrary it's, title. Yeah, it's just to get the moon and get him on a, in a spacesuit on the poster mm. and all that. But, I mean, l- lest we forget, the, the films have flirted with sending James Bond to space before. This hasn't come mm. completely out of nowhere. Mm. Can you remember the other ones where there was a sort of dalliance with space? Uh, the, the one before The Spy Love Me. Uh, no. The one where the, <laughs> the, the, the cat goes mental. Yep, yep, that's the one. And yeah. they go, wait a minute, that astronaut's six foot three. Who's Isn't that? that? Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, in Diamonds Are Forever, there was a diamond satellite. Oh, Bond yeah, was never yeah, going to yeah. go up after it, but space, you know, we had plenty of space shots and that. So. And then there's one where an, a, a satellite gets swallowed by a bigger satellite. That That's the one where the cat goes mental. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, this is pretty much like the third or the second remake of You Only Live Twice, really. It's uh, this, The Spy Who Loved Me and You Only Live Twice, all directed by the same man, yep. all have a very similar structure. It's like the pre-credit sequences, we see X get stolen, then cut to Bond on a mission with a lady, and then stuff uh, happens. What do you think about the pre-credit sequence on this one? The whole skydiving thing. I really love uh, that. Fantastic. Yeah, oh. yeah. Proper stunts. Good. Genuinely, oh, no, no irony about what I'm saying here. Like genuinely fantastic sequence. Um, hmm. If if James Bond was always like this, I'd be a, a big fan, like Calvin is. Oh. And I, I, my note was like, this is proper like old school stunts, the sort of stuff you don't see anymore. Because mm. even now, in any time in the last twenty years, you see someone hanging out with a plane, you can you just assume it's not real. It doesn't look real, you know. Even if you've got, like, even though they can make it look amazing now, you mm. there's also like the camera is in position where it's like, well, you wouldn't be able to see that. Mm. You can yeah. tell this is a guy hanging out of a plane being filmed from another plane that's flying as close as it can get. Uh, and I like that. I like that. It's very cool. And not not even being filmed by a guy in another plane, just like a guy in freefall with a camera. Yeah. <laughs> like that's and the, and the, yeah. When it came to the freefall bit, and they were all, they had a few like close up of the actor on a generic blue background, um, but they kept that really down to a minimum, and it was mostly just these kind of slightly wider shots of them tussling and stuff. And uh, yeah, mm. it worked really nicely. This is like mm. yeah. This is what mm. I, I want from a Bond film, I guess. Ex- that's exactly what I... Yeah, I think my note is basically something along the lines of this is kind of what... This is the base level I kind of expect James Bond to hit based on how people talk about it, how people yeah. seem to respond to it. This is kind of what I would expect them to all be like, and they're not. But um, mm. 
you no, know, well, this no, feels really this great. Feels like a sequence. bigger, bigger than the others, though. This feels like they've made a deliberate step to mm. make yeah. it more spectacular. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I well, mean, the previous one made a lot of money, yeah. uh, and that would I think we talked about in the previous podcast that was a gamble uh, Bond film. Really, they didn't know if it was gonna. Mm continue being such a big success and it was so yeah and for a while this was the most financially successful bond film of them all not adjusted for inflation after this one i think it's only when pierce brosnan comes in that they made more money i think it's my favorite part of a bond film to date actually the opening of this film oh wow so wow off to i'm I'm flabbergasted yeah it's a it's a great action scene. It's proper, it, it is. like you know, yeah. it's and the I, sort of I thing Chris think... Nolan would do nowadays, and people would rave about it. And you know, it's from. And I don't think it spoils it too much. Like if you look closely enough, if you watched it as many oh, times yes. as I have, you can see that they're obvi- you know they've got parachutes yeah, like, tucked yeah. under their jackets. I did notice that there was a, like a little bulge under the bucket under the jacket, but um, yeah, yeah, I was quite. It was like well, I just spotted that. That was actually hidden quite well. It's not bad, is mm. it? Yeah, like you say, it's hidden really well, and it doesn't take away from the exhilaration of watching like two men just having like a fight sequence in you know free fall. It's pretty impressive. There's never really any explanation given for how Jaws <laughs> suddenly turns up. Yeah, where was survives. he on that plane? He well, that's well. Yeah. <laughs> well, he lands on the uh, in the circus, circus tent. tent. I know. It feels like there's a shot. I mean, shot that would that would that seems wary. like it would be silly, but they handled it so well. Mm. Uh, and made it look so realistic that it was okay. Did you like him uh, pulling on his parachute cord and then flapping his wings uh, at arms as if they were wings? Uh, well, you know. It's not the worst bit of physical comedy we'll be getting from him this film. So. Oh man, there, there's some fantastic stuff with Jaws in this film. So we we got the, uh, the that's your opening scene, then we get the credits yeah. and Oh Possibly man, what the a most boring theme song yeah. ever. What a boring <laughs> generic. To say, I think last film we we said how great an opening title sequence it was. Mm. Just, mm. just dull and boring. Yeah. Here. Just nothing yeah. is. I don't know. It's it's not even. It's not even like it feels like it's rehashing the last one. It just doesn't have like a fifth of the energy or. I don't know. It's just. Just so bland. But the song is is boring as well. It's like, like I, I couldn't even. <laughs> well, exactly. If only, but that, that's I couldn't. I can't even remember ever hearing this song before. I don't know if I have. I mean, when you think of like how kind of iconic diamonds are forever and Goldfinger are in terms of movie songs, I think most people would be able to hum the tune to those. But this is yeah. I think it's a, I think it's saying something that the you know as much I love Shirley Bassey that she ended up doing a third one it did just sort of seem like oh who who should we get to do this oh no one's free oh god what what's Shirley doing all right get her in let's <laughs> go with her yes I am the voice of Bond darling the diamonds they are forever so the moon wrecking her hose the gold finger all the songs my darling. Um, I was just a general thing here, Calvin. I was curious. Um, do you think it's it's weird how many people who shag Bond also try to kill him? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's some kind of fetish thing. Like he like he gets off on the danger of it, I guess, because he usually knows they want to kill him as well. Like it never comes yeah. as a surprise to him. Mm. I mean, what's uh. I, I'd love to see some stats on his shagging. Like, uh, <laughs> how many of them end up dead? That would be interesting. Oh, that, yeah. that's the high number. That's going to be a high number. Yeah. It's just a bit lame, isn't it? It's just like, oh, come on. Give us something <laughs> new. 
No, <laughs> just just the same shit with Bond again and again. And <laughs> Look, we all really liked that action opening sequence. We, yeah. you know, we've started on a high. Let's not get too down well, too quickly. To continue the high, we have another of my favorite moments in this franchise to date. Mm-hmm. Money Penny's like, "Why are you late?" And he goes. I fell out of a plane without a parachute. And she's like, oh, very funny. And he's like, you don't believe me, do you? And he looks genuinely really hurt. And that's it. <laughs> they just leave it there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an odd bit, because there's no joke to it. It's just... He just seems uh, yeah, really upset that she won't believe him. <laughs> like, he's had a really traumatic morning, and she's, like, just brushing it off. And he just wants to sit down and... You know, maybe <laughs> maybe go to the uh, spy therapist they've got on, on the books for when they, they've had a tough time. And, well, that's uh, what Moneypenny's there for. That's yeah. why they keep, they keep a woman around so they've got someone to be emotional with. A woman? <laughs> well, she uh, she gets out in the field later on. She's in, like, South America for one shot. When they yeah, she still, does, she still doesn't leave the desk, though. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just think it was quite interesting that they would fly the actress out for that one sh- shot. Which, anyway, well, do you think they did, or do you think it was a bit of clever editing? No, no, no. He, he, he goes in there. one door and then he, he's in. The... Do you think that <laughs> was her that? kicking off about never being flown out to any of the exotic locations and only agreeing Look, she to should come be happy back? That she's they... still got a job. Like, <laughs> I mean, she's been in this for a while now how many years like 17 years since the first film i mean i love her to bits but she i mean i think they'll make it overt in the next one but she is getting a little long in the tooth uh, she's still to be the sex pot secretary <laughs> mm. i mean Speak- she's age appropriate for him but yeah. i think yeah in a couple of films time we'll see them try to introduce someone else and it yeah doesn't go well and we do have a very traditional sort of mission briefing scene. Bond gets his gadgets and his mission all in one go, and the Ministry of Defense is there. He gets one gadget, and as as gadgets go, it's not the most discreet one, is it? It's no, no. A, this is a gun that straps to the bottom of your wrist. Yeah, it's like a dart gun. <laughs> yeah, very subtle. And if you lift up your <laughs> wrist, it goes uh, shooting. Yeah. Does that not also seem a little bit uh, light on the trigger for, for something that could kill someone? Like just... You have to be very careful when you reach for like anything. <laughs> yeah, if you raise if, your arm, he slightly be, gives a bit of a gesticulatory movement, and it's like suddenly <laughs> shoots someone in the face. <laughs> well, I, I've I've made a note of the a woman line, which we've already yeah, referenced about ten times this episode. <laughs> Good afternoon. Can I help you? Yes, my name is Bond, James Bond. I am looking for Doctor Goodhead. You just found her. A woman. I mean, I, I've specifically made the note: is this is this the first time the franchise has ever acknowledged Bond's sexism, like head on? It's, it, it seems weirdly self-aware. It, not when he meets Doctor Goodhead. Yeah, the fact that he assumes mm. she's a, a man um, mm. in a sort of classic bit of of cultural sexism, and then it's like, mm. ah, take that Bond. She's a woman. A well, woman it is can the be 70s. a doctor too. Yeah, and and again, it's to it's a similar thing to the uh, Bond girl in the last one. Like the last one, she was an agent. She was KGB. She, the whole oh, they yeah, promoted it. That. Yeah, they promoted yeah. it a lot on. Oh, Bond has met his match, and mm. here she's like, uh, yeah, CIA. 
agent. Yeah, they they do seem to make an effort to make them slightly more self-possessed. Like, they're not just squealing little damsels in distress. Yeah, yeah. They're sort of there and getting on with it as well. Obviously, you're not going to usurp Bond and his masculinity and all that, but they're Mm. they're kind of, yeah, they've got a bit more to them, which does Mm. seem to be a deliberate choice. Um, mm. Or, or you know, maybe just a natural move with the with the times. Yeah, mm. yeah. I do love that line though. It's just so hilariously, just like what? It's just a woman. <laughs> yeah, he's so flabbergasted. Though. <laughs> Not even flabbergasted, just sort of quietly amused to himself. Yeah. it's an odd little bit. Yeah, it's no. It's like if you were uh, like if you were talking to someone on the phone, and then you found out that it was actually a parrot. That's, that's his reaction. <laughs> like, a parrot. <laughs> wow, I never would have known. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> We've brushed over uh, Hugo Drax, the main villain. Put him yet. Yeah. All the way through this film, I was trying to figure out who this guy reminded me of. And I yeah. looked him up, I was like, maybe I recognise him from something. I don't. But I worked it out right at the end, who he right. reminds me of. Peter Dinklage. Oh my Ooh. God! Yes! yes. He's got the same face, doesn't he? It's just like, yeah, he does! I had so the exact same was, thing, and the whole way through, I was like, through, yeah. the way through, I was like, what is it? Is it Steven Seagal? No, it's not quite Steven Seagal. It's not quite, though, is it? Yeah, no, it's Peter Dinklage, I think. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, one of my favourite villains of the whole series. I love this guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Why? He's just, yeah, he's not that personable. He's not, like, much character. I thought it was nothing remotely, to like, distinguishable about him. I like that he's very quiet and very slow. He has that one moment later on where he kind of explodes and just shouts at Jaws, but I love how just calm, collected he is. He's very slow moving. I like his very deadpan reactions to things, like when Bond shoots a man out of a tree later on. Uh, (laughs) Was it supposed to be Blofeld? Is that the idea? Is it just... Oh, it's just Blofeld in the megalomaniac, the isn't it? I mean, it was supposed to be Blofeld in the last film and they couldn't use Blofeld for legal reasons. So yeah, it's just another billionaire industrialist wanting to mm. change the world. Just like, I mean, it's the same thing as last time. It's like that guy wanted to, you know, move society underwater. This guy wants to move society to space. Actually, I made a note at about an hour and a half mark and it was just before it all got revealed, but I basically made a note that said... I'm three quarters of the way through this film. I don't know who this guy is or what he's trying to do. Mm. And it's kind of because it gets a bit of a reveal later on. But it was yes. just like this whole, so much into the film where I was like, well, we don't know why he's doing this. We don't know what he's up to. He's got a space shuttle for some reason, but he builds them anyway. Like There was no real, it was a bit of a weird one that we didn't know what he was up to all along. So can we, can we talk about the uh, the bit, is it, what's it called? The centrifuge um, thing Ooh. where Bond goes in to simulate. Yes. Uh, well, my, my immediate thought was we're going to see what he looks like after the surgery. Because <laughs> <laughs> it'll pin everything back a little bit. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think I just, I just want to talk about this bit because I think there's some genuinely good Roger Moore acting in here. And he doesn't get to act that much in Bond films. So. <laughs> well, that's it. I, I was... I was surprised, really, because they... I know what happens. I've seen people do those centrifuge things, and it's quite... It's not... Um, it makes you look stupid, basically. <laughs> and, and so I was thinking, well, they're going to make Bond look stupid. They're going to make Roger Moore look stupid. And they went further with it than I expected. Like, they mm. didn't quite do the full, like, face rippling, but they, they we started getting a little bit of the ripple on the oh, cheeks. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. surprised by that. 
Um, and then when they actually let him out, he's staggering about all over the place, and he's genuinely like he's a bit out of it. He like he can't really yeah. defend himself. And even mm. Good Head is like, uh, oh, let me help you. And he's like, no, no, because he's like he doesn't really know what she's been up to. And mm. yeah, mm. I thought I was I was generally surprised how how much we they let us see Bond's weakness. Yeah, yeah, they show That's him vulnerable for the first yeah, yeah. time in many films, really. No, I really like that scene. Roger does a good job, and interestingly, it features a like an actual flashback, which is uh, something very uncommon in the Bond films. They have some like weird effect where Bond's remembering Q, and then he uses his wrist dart gun to stop the the thing mm. and get out. And we we saw the same thing in the plane in the opening scene. If if you just shoot like the altimeter or whatever, that that stops the plane <laughs> from working, and it works yeah, the that's same here. You just have to yeah. damage one of the apparatus slightly and uh, a bit of the glass on the front of the dial. That'll stop the whole thing. Mm. I, I made a general note here that, and I think it was from when he met the, the woman. Um, mm. the Roger Moore Bond is just such a lech. And I know <laughs> I know it's obvious, like, it's there. But, like, take your Daniel Craig Bond. Like, he'll sleep with someone and all that. He'll do all that when it needs to be done, but... Whenever Roger Murray is in the proximity of a woman, he just starts making these horrible faces mm. and these, these <laughs> creepy comments. It's like he's he's got like Tourette's or something. He can't help himself. <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. so all the time, constant. I don't know if it was the 70s, but even mm. so, it's like, get on with the job for a bit. <laughs> yeah, I think it's bad when he gets to yeah South America later on and there's that woman who's just like his contact there. Like she's uh, like, a, you know, someone doing a job and he's like, oh, well, we've got two hours to kill. What do you do if you don't Samba? As he's undoing her dressing gown. <laughs> um, but especially in these early bits, like I think there's this uh, this French um, lady uh, and she, Bond, like breaks into a room and, uh, and gets access to Drax's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's quite a sad character. She's just sort of Bond, like, uses her for sex and information and then she is quite interestingly dispatched of where Drax sets his dogs on her in a very curious scene of her sort of like running through a forest. Yeah, what is that about? It is so it it just feels completely out of place in a Bond film. It is really odd and one one of my early memories of watching this is I remember watching it with I think it was my dad or, or stepmom or something and Watching that scene, and they were like, "Oh well, Mister Bond's gonna come and rescue her. He's gonna swoop <laughs> in any minute now and take out the dogs." And I was only like eight or nine when I was watching this, something like that. And then obviously they just catch up to her and maul her to death. And it was like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> well, you know how yeah. Bond likes to keep up with the trends. This is this is around the time when we were starting to get films like uh, I don't know, like Last House on the Left and and stuff like ah, I Spit on Your Grave. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> like these, so it's really like we're lucky we didn't get to see her arms being like ripped out of the sockets <laughs> and stuff. Uh, yeah. There's some good like classic Bond villainry around here. Like Drax has gone to this to set up this elaborate assassination attempt of Bond, like with his uh, hunting party. And yeah. you know, if if he was just gonna like shoot him right there in the middle of the field, why doesn't he just do it point blank? <laughs> why does he at least three times? Like just shoot him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> why? And I they do kind of lampshade it later on where they say where basically he goes, What does he say? You won't let me kill you in an amusing way. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Like that. My every attempt to yeah, kill you in an amusing way. So, like I guess that. they get away with it for that, but it's just like everything they've got a bloody 
coffin hearse, uh, a boat yeah. hearse, on the on the <laughs> on the canal, and it like this man comes out of it like Dracula and starts throwing knives. <laughs> <laughs> just and then, but then they end up just chasing after him and shooting him in machine guns. Why don't you just shoot him? For God's sake, <laughs> it's not as amusing. But even with the the previous one, where he, the, they have a, like a sniper trying to shoot him in the tree. Um, it, it's like what sort of world do you live in where you, you first of all you realise that someone's trying to kill you you shoot them and then he dies and then you just go to the person who you know is trying to kill you you go oh yeah. well got you this time didn't I you didn't get me hey oh well <laughs> see you later I'll just let your chauffeur take me to the airport yeah thanks it's very sporting <laughs> yeah exactly that's it I think that's the idea they're trying to do it's like there's <laughs> always this kind of and this happens all the time in Bond films where he kind of becomes friendly with the villain it's just like this respect mm. almost yeah but mm. it just it's so unrealistic yeah, <laughs> yeah. like when he just club him over the head with the, the shotgun <laughs> and then like <laughs> get one of his lackeys to bury him in a shallow grave <laughs> yeah oh can we talk about that scene because this is when bond's in venice and he's doing his investigating of drax's like glass factory um and uh, yeah he's he's getting a ride back to his hotel room on his on the gondola as you do and then yeah he starts getting attacked and we have a cavalcade of what i presume are some of soul's favorite uh, <laughs> comedy cliches we, we've got um I mean, we've got what is normally my favourite, which is the... There's a guy with a bottle of wine, and he looks at the bottle. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's yeah. not quite... Yeah. Like, it needs it's to be... It's got to be, it should be a tramp. It, and then he does a spit take. <laughs> and he throws it over his shoulder in a very yeah, yeah. fashion. But there was... The, we did a whole list of these last time. We were yeah. About this, but we missed one that, that's in here that I completely forgot. Was in. <laughs> Someone's pouring a drink and then gets so distracted that it pours <laughs> over the edge or they're pouring in the wrong place or something like that. We forgot yeah. all about that one. Mm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, of course there is a pigeon with a pigeon. Yes, yes. exactly. How did they get yeah. it to do that? That movie. <laughs> 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 I've never told you guys about this. I might have alluded to this about them. Uh, yeah, I might have even talked about this in another podcast. But I did ask the. Uh, I went to a special screening of Moonraker where they had a Q and A afterwards with like one of the stunt men, one of the special effects guys, and the uh, assistant director. <laughs> And I did ask about the, uh, w- w- were they aware of how goofy some of this was? And I cited in particular the uh, the pigeon and the guy got a little bit uppity and he was like, oh, all right, well, it's Roger, what do you do? And I, <laughs> I had to shoot that pigeon and I was like, oh, okay then. And then he was like saying that he was complaining that it took them ages uh, to find a pigeon and glue it to a plank of wood <laughs> and <laughs> wait, wait until it made the movement uh, and then d- uh, just left it. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't even stomp on its head to, to put it out of its misery. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, apparently enough. not. Yeah. But, and then he, and that, that was followed by, oh, I hope there's no one here from the RSPCA. <laughs> and, uh, I bet there was a massive was laugh. <laughs> it, it, it was, actually, yeah. 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 No, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Seems like, like the audience like of Moonraker yeah. would be on board with that. Oh. It's like when John Waters is just like, well, yeah, we just had a scene where they shagged the chicken to death. What? what? Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> that that thing when he comes out of the water, 
It's supposed right, to be yes. a hovercraft, isn't it? That's the idea. Yes, yes. Okay. His, yeah, his gondola turns into a hovercraft. <laughs> and the fact that it doesn't look or move like a hovercraft at all, it's just something and then we he were very, going with. he very proudly uh, drives it through one of the mo- more prominent tourist well, sites in Venice. <laughs> that's, that's, again, like, we've been making similar complaints about the villain, but what is all this shit about? Is, like, are these gadgets <laughs> meant to be inconspicuous? He's a spy. <laughs> It's like the weirdest fucking thing he could do to get attention to himself. Just drive a fucking hover gondola through a busy square. Plus, well, he's he's also like handing out business cards, going, "Oh, it's Bond, James Bond. Uh, I'll be using that name all the time." There you go. Well, this is it. He looks very happy with himself as he's going through. He's just like grinning away. And not, it's not as if he's driving through it. He's literally driving around in like a circle, <laughs> yeah. just in this square. They cut to like a wide shot, and he's just like he's not turning or anything. He's like, oh yes, just do this. Uh, I don't know what your next notes are, but Bond does more investigating here and uh, discovers mm. this nerve gas that Drax is developing, which is gonna mm. have no effect on animals, but is going to kill. Yeah, humans. one of those things that you can distinguish between humans and animals very easily with a <laughs> nerve gas. I'm sure yeah. that happens. Mm. We do have a cool fight sequence, though, where Bond's like got one of the little vials in his top pocket and someone's trying to bash him to death in the, in the glass <laughs> well, that, that I was wondering earlier on when he's in the glass factory, I was like, why are they going to so much effort to sort of establish this room full of expensive glass objects? And I don't know why it didn't occur to me that they were going to have a fight in there later. But it's like they, yeah. they, it's like how much of this room can we smash? <laughs> Let's just, but I it's not as like good that. as that room full of bells from that previous film <laughs> that they had a fight in. It wasn't the previous film. It was on a Majesty's Secret Service. <laughs> But there was also a little weird reference to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's it? what I wanted to yeah, yeah. talk about. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> but well, that was another a- a space alien kind of film. I know, it's so yeah, bizarre though. It's, it, it's like if Quentin Tarantino made this film. or, or <laughs> It's just like the, this weird reference to a film that's like mm. tangentially related. It, doesn't... it is very odd. It's very odd for Bond to be making yeah. those kind of pop culture references. <laughs> Yeah, it, it wasn't even by this point. In fact, it was much later than this, where I was thinking, "That's definitely Roger Moore in a spacesuit on the cover of this DVD." Where, where, when, when do we get yeah. into space? What's I started. I started to think, <laughs> "I'm sure this is the one where they actually go to space." Have I accidentally? <laughs> am I accidentally watching like one of the earlier ones, or have I confused yeah. it with one of the later ones? Or yeah. That is a common criticism about this one that it does take far too long because even after all this Venice stuff is done, yeah, there's we lots have, more, yeah. yeah, they go to uh, Brazil. It's not even like you know they're going to space within the context of the film. It's not like it's building up to an obvious trip to space. It's like mm. that whole aspect hasn't really been revealed. Yeah, we know it's a space though. shuttle that was stolen, but apart from yeah. that, it's like it's not yeah. Really... yeah, and they've done that before yeah. without going to space. Mm. But uh, but yeah, they do go to Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get um we get more Jaws, stuff. Jaws dressed <laughs> as some sort of hell clown. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> yeah, that bit. That's that's another one of those really weird like that scene in isolation is actually quite creepy and just oh, how it's shot, he's approaching this girl down an alleyway in this bizarre costume. I love that scene, do you know why? Why? The bit because... where he tries to cross through the stream of, 
of people that are like coming down the street and he gets mm-hmm. swept away in the sea of people and then Jaws is trying to like walk back through them to get to James Bond and he can't because there's too many people and then he just sort of thinks fuck it and just starts dancing oh, well. and enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah, I guess if, if you can't beat him, join him. <laughs> like, I, I genuinely found that quite funny. It's such an odd detail for one of these films, but that's I mean, it's, it's kind of there's a lot of odd details in James Bond films, isn't aren't there? It seems like the sense of humor is let's just do something really weird in the background. It doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. What did you think to like? Because Jaws is introduced in this film around this point, and it's literally like Drax is just shown on the phone with someone being like, "Oh yeah, that last one didn't work out very well." Uh, oh, you you have someone else in mind, do you? Like, there's an agency, like a temp agency for these kinds of <laughs> physical henchmen. Uh, it's yeah, a very odd to, concept. Or some sort of central hub for yeah, I suppose henchmen with physical abnormalities, please. <laughs> Anyway, what about the cable car fight? That's uh... hang on. But before, just going back to that Jaws bit, can we mention as well? He's attacking that woman before Bond Mm. jumps down and kind of awkwardly like gleam, like glances against his like his shoulder and somehow (laughs) knocks him down. Um, But yeah, Jaws has picked up this woman. And then all these people come rushing past, and she sort of looks really unhappy, but she doesn't. She doesn't think to to say help or scream mm. or like actually try and get anyone's attention it's yeah bit... that's one of those things that might have worked on page like in the script that might have made sense but because of the location and yeah. how they staged it whatever and it all just of it. and then translate. immediately afterwards he gets swarmed away in a sea of revelry and then they're just like oh Got away with that one. Um, shall we go down for for a drink, or do you yeah. want to for dinner now? Or like, they don't even like run away and go. Oh my god, they found where we are. Or let's get to wherever we're going. Yeah, it's they're, they're very, not like always oh, about a hundred feet. He's like a hundred meters away. He might you know yeah. just and like walk I, I can back. imagine like why Bond is a bit cavalier about the whole thing. But she's just she was basically about to be murdered, and mm. then she's just like oof, oof. close shave. They're not even like <laughs> oh, he might have a gun. <laughs> yeah. that he might he might reach into his pocket, pull it out, and shoot us mm. from down the street. Nah, he's got his teeth. That's all he needs. Our jaws. <laughs> so, mm. well, I, this is a thing that happens to me with Bond films all the time. I don't know if it's just that I don't engage with them well enough, or if mm. it's just they don't tell it well enough. But like they're suddenly in Brazil, and I don't know why. I don't know what led them to be there, and I don't know. And then they're like. On a cable car, I don't know why they're there. Uh, do they just jump randomly to places and not bother to I mean, explain this, it, or do I just not watch properly? This one is one of the more uh, egregious in that regard, I think. It's like, much later on, it's uh, Bond is sent to this particular you know, part of the Amazon, uh, because Q's like, ah, yes, he's using this plant, which grows in this area, and like yeah. circles at what is geographically like acres and acres of acres. <laughs> and Bond's, uh, you know... Um, Bond's, you know, impulse is just to go to that place and Wait look around until him, yeah. eventually, yeah. And that seems to be what happens here. I don't know why he he go- well he he goes up to that uh, cable car viewing deck, so he has a good view of the uh, Drax's planes <laughs> yeah. taking off. All right, okay. I was I was curious, guys, if you were in a cable car, right, and it suddenly stopped, how long would it be before you went? Shall we climb onto the roof? 
Shall we do that? Because I think <laughs> it would be quite a long time. I don't know if it would be the 30 seconds it takes. It. Get that chain. What's, what's that <laughs> chain doing there? We'll use that. <laughs> Does he probably immediately think, oh, it's an attack from a henchman of some mm. kind. This happens every fucking time. I get onto <laughs> some sort car. of like vehicle or something. Yeah. Uh, but to say they're on a cable car, we never get a sense of height or like much perspective. It's weirdly yeah. not that tense, this scene. I, I, I just... think it's it's one of the better scenes in the film for me. I like the concept, but I agree it's not done nearly as... Well, but like if they'd just been, been on top of two cars that were like four feet off the ground, it would have been exactly the same. Mm, instead of having this bad back projection yeah. thing, like like it's annoying because they did actually have like proper stunt people. You do get those shots where it's like stunt men like on top of it doing the choreography and everything, but it's the inserts of Roger Moore and Richard Keel that are just horrible. Like that jump that Jaws makes where yeah, he just like yeah. raises his arms at the camera and they just left that shot in for just a few frames too long and it just looks horrible. Don't you like how uh, Jaws gets a girlfriend? Not That's really, great, isn't it? it? <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's so like realistic and, and well filmed and all that. It just, I just feel like like if she if she looked up at him and grinned and she had braces, I'd be like, oh, I, I was get thinking it. that. That makes sense. I assumed sense. she was going to open her mouth and she had braces. I thought that was going to be the gag and then... Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it would make that whole subplot work for me. Yeah. I, 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 and then they just, like, look at each other and then he takes a hand and they walk off. And then I love that the next shot is just Bond and uh, Dr. Goodhead. Like, Bond's just looking up, like, hmm, and then gets back to Goodhead. And it's, like, they're presumably not very far away. Yeah, but he's found uh, love. He's, he's mellowed his heart. Oh, they so they find... They have this little bit of information about a flower... That they found, mm. and um, he's in a cowboy suit. For <laughs> no, he's not even a cowboy suit. He's like in a Clint Eastwood poncho. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. He gets sent off in search of this. Well, even in search of it, just to the area in which it grows, and stuff will happen, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he just turns up on a boat, and there's a very lethargic boat chase here. Well, I've already had a boat chase. Is probably the problem. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it, a weird just... turbocharged boat chase before, which this isn't. That isn't. Yeah, it's just very and like Jaws appears again, and at this point, there's. I mean, I don't know if there's been danger before, but at this point, you do just get the sense that oh, then they never actually want to kill each other. It's just this cartoony roadrunner and coyote sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> to the extent yes. that Jaws, yeah, goes off the end of a waterfall but, do, but he doesn't he, the boat flies off the end and then he stands there for a while and, and he just floats in midair and then he looks to camera holds up a sign that says what gravity and then he falls <laughs> <laughs> yeah I hate the models in that shot because it's just quite obviously a toy boat which is being like sent over the end and yeah it just looks terrible but he's not dead no, 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 he isn't, because then he's there in the next scene. After Bond wrestles a snake, so I can't believe you didn't... You can't, you can't remember this. How can you not remember it? Oh, I remember the snake. <laughs> and so, we have Roger Moore holding a, a some sort of plastic tubing with the paint on it, and he runs, he swivels around <laughs> in the water a bit. <laughs> and that's, that's a snake attack. Yeah, so, yeah. But then, yeah, again, he gets out. And they're like, ugh, 
trying to kill you with a snake, will you just sort of play along, for God's sake? Oh, anyway, do you want to come and have a cup of tea? <laughs> oh, but then we get Drax's, like, control room, which I love, all these, like, weird geometric-shaped, like, screens, and the whole room's, like, a triangle, it's built into this Aztec, like, pyramid thing. Brilliant, I love it. So, yeah, at this point, they're setting off all the shuttles mm. with people in them. The The biggest shuttles I've ever seen, by the way. The, well, no... They don't look big at all, but for some reason they have the capacity to hold like 40 people. Um, which, judging by their size, they have no right. And like, they look about the same size as what we know of as a space shuttle. Like, mm. So, how they hold so many people, I don't know. When they have that scene later on, when NASA turns up to save the day, mm. and, and the shuttle like cargo doors open, and then it's like the clown shuttle where all these astronauts just stream out of it <laughs> with their laser guns. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Those those shuttles can carry like six people. It's science fact, Alan. <laughs> anyway, so they they're getting up there on the shuttles, and we don't really know why yet mm-hmm. at this stage. And Bond and, and Goodhead they they manage to sneak on board one of the things by clubbing the the people and stealing their. <laughs> Their astronaut outfits, mm-hmm. which are a perfect fit. And yep. nobody sort of notices that Roger Moore is 30 years older than everyone else, and that seems a bit odd. <laughs> <laughs> I think he still looks all right in this film. I think he looks, a, you know, fine age. He doesn't look too old. Yeah, but everyone there is like these 25-year-old, we're going to start the world with super super race people. <laughs> and then there's like Roger Moore is there in case they need some fatherly advice. <laughs> Mm. But I, I assume everyone was just thinking, oh, it's probably like Drax's cousin or something, you know, like he's, save, <laughs> he's saving a couple of mates. Yeah. And then they go in, they go into space. They go mm-hmm. into space with the rocket booster still attached to them for an awfully long time. Oh, okay. Um, which is not very realistic. The whole space thing. I was thinking it's very unrealistic the way they portray space. Yeah. But I was also thinking by 1979 standards, I don't think it's that bad, really. It's. Like, by just a silly film standards, I think it's not too bad. And the way they do zero gravity and all that, it's Mm. like, zero gravity means you move a bit slower. (laughs) That's that's basically what it means. And then every now and then, your hands float up a little bit. It's like, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I think some of the wire work's really good, actually, later on. There's a couple of bits that are quite good, and then there's some other bits where they're just, like, walking. It's like when when you see footage of people walking on the moon, and they're like, mm. they're a bit floaty, but they're still walking. But that's because that's not zero gravity. That's like just low gravity. Well, that's not even that. That's just a, a film set outside of Las Vegas. I mean, we've, <laughs> we've, we've established this in the Bond yeah. universe, Alan. Oh, yeah, that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love the design of this spaceship, uh, the shuttle, the base, whatever it is. Um, yeah. Yeah, really cool. Again, just like really weird doesn't make any sense, but is quite beautiful, lovely shapes and everything. There's a point somewhere around here where there's just, like, hundreds of astronauts just flying around in space shooting lasers <laughs> randomly at each oh, other yeah, and screaming. Yeah, yeah, I know, we get there. It's just so... It's just so fucking ludicrous and, like, where's Wally and, like, what is going on? There's a hundred astronauts flying around randomly shooting random lasers in all directions. It's just like, what is... You're just sat there thinking, this is James Bond. What is going on? 
It's weird that they had these hundred astronauts like <laughs> ready and waiting on Earth for like the call because they get up there <laughs> pretty ready and quickly. Waiting. They, they must have they must have had a shuttle ready. Well, I mean, <laughs> it takes months to get a shuttle going, but yeah. <laughs> well, even if they had one ready to go and they launched it, it still takes a while to get up to space. You know, it's not like <laughs> it's not like you call an ambulance is there fifteen minutes later. It's, mm. This just like happens in like half an hour sort of thing. Goodhead puts out the alert and they're like, yeah. ah, yes, of course. But they don't they don't even put out an alert, they just make them see that there's a ship there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like that. I thought it was gonna be a whole bit where they thought it was aliens and stuff yeah. like that. I thought that was gonna happen. But yeah, and then mm. not only have they got all these astronauts crammed into this shuttle, but they're all yeah. trained in laser battles. <laughs> yeah, Zero gravity need to be. battle. Well, do, well, I'm pretty sure NASA don't train their astronauts to shoot people in space. Yeah, but they uh, maybe they do it's, it's those slow lasers that you can you can actually see, see like the, <laughs> yeah, so you can aim. Them. <laughs> this is quite weird, though. I mean, this is sort of this is exactly the same as like in the last one where you know they have all the the the, uh, the navy men uh, battling <laughs> in the ship, and when they have the ninjas in. You only live twice, but the crucial difference is that Bond is not in and amongst the big brawl. Really, well, he is in the ship. Yeah, I mean, he is like because Bond, but... you know, if he has to, he will get like balls deep in the semen and and just sort of <laughs> swim around in a a big load of semen and just get really down <laughs> and dirty with it. But only yeah. if he has to, um, like <laughs> yeah. if he can avoid getting covered in semen, he'll um, he, he just won't go there. Mm. Um, but we also have Jaws turns here to the side of... Turns out he can speak, which <laughs> might have come in useful at some point in the past. Might have made sense if he'd spoken once or twice in the past, but no. There's a crucial turn where he realises that he's not going to be part of the super race and they're not going to let him breed with all the lovely ladies. And he's <laughs> he's like, got his lovely lady doing? with him. <laughs> yeah, but they're not going to yeah. let them breed and they're freak... Tall children, all <laughs> <laughs> short children. Yeah, or, or somewhere like in the middle, quarter Perfect. metallic children. <laughs> <laughs> she yeah. wears glasses. Like, I mean, come on, she's imperfect. Mm. I love that Jaws managed to get her on at all. I mean, they must have only been dating for a matter of days before. Well, I like that Jaws is on at all. <laughs> like, why yeah. did that happen? <laughs> like, why has he got the t- golden ticket? Yeah. He's just a hired hand, isn't he? He's a goon. Yeah. So Jaws is a goodie now, because children really liked him. Uh, yeah, so there's all the big battle stuff. Bond yeah. kills Drax. I, lo- I love that bit, actually, where what they're happens? facing off. Oh, well, I know, yeah. He's chasing yeah. him down, yeah, a tunnel, and Drax has a gun. And I love that Drax is just like, he he has him at gunpoint, and even then, he can't quite bring himself to shoot him. He You can just tell that he's like, like, trying to figure out, like... Oh, how can I actually make this a bit more interesting? Like, what's what? What do I have around me that can <laughs> be more in- exciting than this? But then, sure enough, Bond hits him with the dart and then sends him off into space, which I think is a good ending for him. Yeah, he uses that little dart gun a lot, doesn't he? In this film, they set it up and get their money's worth out of it. I think that's why it's nice that it comes back because so often these gadgets just have like one use and that's it. And it's nice mm. when they can come back in in these ways. I think. So then Bond blows him off yeah. uh, into space. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. If, if there's one thing Bond loves more than, than salty semen getting everywhere, it's it's mm. blowing a guy off. 
<laughs> but some of the uh, toxic canisters have been uh, dispatched already. Oh, yeah, this is such a this is such a lame kind of secondary element. It's like the film was finished, and they're like, "Oh, we have to stop those three things." Oh god! Okay. Well, they have to go and blow up the Death Star. There has to be, you know. But James, done... switch off your targeting computer. It was just a bit pointless that bit. It felt like it's just Star Wars. They just take that exact thing and do it again. Um, do you just love how like Jaws and uh, his girlfriend are, are on the space shuttle, space uh, ship rather, um, and they help Bond and Goodhead get off, and then uh, like their their particular part of their particular uh, ball of the space station like goes shooting off, and mm-hmm. Goodhead's like, oh, what's going? Oh, they're, they're probably dead then, aren't they? And Bond's like, oh no, they'll be all right, and that's yeah. it. Because she's oh, a trained astronaut, so she she doesn't know how re-entering the atmosphere works. Where Bond <laughs> can put a right, perfectly streamlined piece of wreckage will take. But then, sure enough, there. sure enough, they are fine. Like they, there's there's a guy later on who's like, ah, oh, they I picked up an incredibly tall man and a very blonde woman. Yeah, that could be anybody. We don't know if it was them or not because of this vague description <laughs> yeah, that he gave. True. You think you'd mention the metal teeth, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> They melted on re-entry. Yeah. <laughs> you feel you, you probably go. It's a really weird-looking guy with metal teeth, <laughs> and like a Bavarian-looking <laughs> Brazilian girl yeah, <laughs> from Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> we do get one of my favourite Bond lines ever when, uh, obviously, oh God, they no, link really? up. You know, the Bond on camera yeah. in the shuttle to Her Majesty and all the dignitaries. And they didn't he's... even do. They didn't even show like the back of a, a woman with curly hair to pretend <laughs> the Queen was there. Like they usually do. And, you like, do know a, what we get in the next film. And don't there's you? a corgi like runs across the room and then like, oh, James. <laughs> you do know what we get in the next film, don't you? No, apparently not. That is oh, okay exactly. then. Just put a pin in that, Alan. But that's the Johnny we'll... English approach, isn't it? Just have a an old woman holding a corgi from behind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just wait until the next film. I can't wait for this. Okay, um, but yeah, and then the line: uh, "Good God, what's Bond doing?" I think he's attempting re-entry, sir. <laughs> Which I never got until like many years after I saw the film for the first time. I made a note there that, that that's probably the crudest line because there's no real attempt at making it a euphemism. Well, that's it's just the Q thing. going. He's fucking her. Wink, exactly. Wink. <laughs> that's my note. Is is that is that Q just being a dirty old bastard and no one else yeah. is like listening to him properly, so they don't pick up on what he's saying? Because it doesn't work as a double entendre. It doesn't work as like. <laughs> Oh, well, I no, see. He's he... attempting to come back into the atmosphere, of course. Yeah, Cause, that's no, because he's clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> they go, no, he isn't. <laughs> he's fucking that woman. <laughs> that's a really just... crude way of saying he's doing that in this professional <laughs> setting. <laughs> I think he's trying to dock with her <laughs> rear... <laughs> rear entrance. <laughs> I think he's trying to mop up all the salty semen, sir. <laughs> oh no. Oh there's there's like seafaring men in the next film as well. I don't think I'm sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Uh and then of course there's um uh, a disco uh ending because <laughs> it's the seventies and they couldn't help themselves. 
I prefer that version of the song, though. <laughs> the main title one. It's a bit funky. I've actually bumped this one down, Calvin, from my previous <gasps> viewing. Oh, what? No! What was it on your previous viewing? I used to have it as a six. Now it's a five. Yeah. Mm, I'll tell you what, there's yeah. some fantastic scenes in this film. There's some really great moments, but it's mm. just so boring in between them, and mm. it's not enough. Actually, I I found this one quite watchable. To be honest with you, it was mm. sort of it, it, it was strangely long. Like it's t- nearly two hours, isn't it? But but also it yeah. just feels like so much. I think it's because this whole space thing is just the last half hour, and it feels so separate from the rest of the film. So mm. it, it makes it feel like you're watching more than one film in somehow. Roger, more than one film. I did. Uh, <laughs> I did. Um, I did genuinely enjoy it. I gave it a six out of ten. Generally. <laughs> generally. I did generally enjoy it. And so, that's, yeah, that's six pretty good. out of ten. It was, yeah, it was all right, this one. I, but six out of ten, all right. Like, yeah, by Bond it, standards, that's pretty good. I, you know, by Bond standards, I, I think it's still one of the better ones I've seen so far. I'll, I'll give it a nine. Uh, oh, what? One of my what? very favourite. <laughs> one of my very favourite Bond films. And, uh, yeah, the first one I saw, huge nostalgia for it. Yeah, it's great. Mm. It's kind of sad that this is Bond goes to space done and dusted, though, isn't it? Uh, yeah, actually. He doesn't go back to space, does he, ever? No, no. And, like, how good would it be if Daniel Craig went to space? Well, yeah, I mean, they do that in one of the video games. In 007 Legends, they basically remake Moonraker. 007 Legends? Dan- yeah, I know, it's a really bad game, <laughs> don't get me started. But, uh, yeah, they do. They remake Moonraker, or six select bits of it, with Daniel Craig. So it's just weird having Daniel Craig fighting Jaws. Actually, Jaws uh, pops up in a Pierce Brosnan Bond game with Richard Keel's uh, likeness, and it was like an original story. It's like, you know, uh, basically a Bond film, but in video game form. Uh, so that character still pops up and is very popular. What would a Daniel Craig Bond film in space look like? Like Gravity. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Which would be good. Imagine Gravity, but she's getting chased by Jaws the whole time. <laughs> be good, wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be all for them going back again. I think now. I mean, I mean, the next film in the series that we'll be looking at is a very blatant, like course correction. They talk about bringing it back down to earth and all that kind of stuff. Um, How was this one received at the time then? Like, it's not. It, I know it's kind of pointed to as peak Roger Moore, so mm, it's kind of like mm. it was derided by a lot of people who were like making fun of Bond getting silly. But then it's often mm. the the one the Roger Moore fans like. But like mm. when this came out. Did people think it was stupid? Well, like, what was the reaction? Oh yeah, yeah, it was still sort of perceived as like, oh god, this is like way over the top now, and all this kind of thing. But it was, you know, nonetheless entertained a lot of audiences, and I think public reception to it. And I think there was just a general appetite at that time for space adventures. There was like all kinds of space films getting greenlit. And Star Trek: I think The Motion this- Picture. Same year. I think Alien I came out this year. Uh, there's Black Hole around this point. So, so yeah. Uh, so that's why it did really well financially. Uh, but then, which is even more interesting, like you make the most financially successful Bond up until that point, and you decide to course correct completely for the next one. Also, I think you know they needed to make the budget a bit smaller. So, <laughs> yeah. 
Cubby's got his eye on the purse strings there. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't mess about. Yeah. Hey, I've got a little uh, mini quiz for you, Calvin. Oh, hey. Huh? Um, the DVD I've got this on, I found it in a charity shop. All right. Now, I'll give you some idea of the date this was made. Um, in the book, in the little booklet that comes with it, it's got like all the DVDs that are part of this collection. All right. And the and the last one in it, it says, coming soon, die another day. <laughs> before that came out. Um, uh. The concept of this little booklet is that it's a James Bond's passport. And then all the information. Oh yeah, yeah. And it says here, right? Name Bond, James Bond. So I want to, I want you to see if you know the other details about James oh, Bond. Shit. So, firstly, height. Um, six foot one. That's yeah, one hundred eighty-three centimeters. It says here for some oh, reason okay. it's metric, but yeah, that's right. Hmm. Weight, which is also in metric actually, but I'll uh, convert it for you. I don't know. Um, I mean, I would guess a, a twelve and a half stone. Yeah, it's about the same as uh, Sol, as we found out last week. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, se- 76 kilos, it says, which was about uh, about 12 and a half stone. I'm so about you're about six foot one as well, aren't you? Tall as well. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm, not, I'm six foot, not six foot one, but I'm pretty sure it's on like 183 We could be talking to the next James Bond. Well, if uh, if the ghost of Cubby Broccoli is listening, I fucking love salty semen all over my face. So I'm I'm right right up for that. <laughs> so the other thing on here it says distinguishing characteristics. Um, scar on. Do I have to? How specific do I have to go on this? I, w- I don't know. Whatever it says on here, none. He's that. a master of disguise. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scar on the back of his right hand. Okay. Is that one? Yeah. Uh, dark hair, blue eyes. He's got no, a birthmark in the shape of the Union Jack. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is specifically like physical, yeah, scars, basically. What else has he got? Um, at this point, uh, he would have a scar over one of his, like, on his shoulder. Is that from where Jaws uh, bit him? It says, scar on right cheek and left <gasps> shoulder. Right. Hey, I've got a plastic... scar on my right cheek. <laughs> uh, signs of plastic surgery on the back of right hand. Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah you've got that one. What's that from? Uh, that is from... That's, that's like in the books uh, that he... Yeah. Oh, God, what is it? I can't remember. I know that the shoulder is from the world is not enough. That's when he gets... Um, yeah, he falls. He falls from a hot air balloon onto the Millennium Dome and uh, breaks his shoulder. <laughs> I reckon it's from when that spider came in the room and he had to just like smash it to pieces. And I reckon bum, he got some poison. Bum, <laughs> bum, bum, bum. I reckon he got like a poison spider barb in his hand that they had to operate on later on mm. to remove it. Anything else? Um, the other thing it says special skills, license to kill. Well, he's, he's a master of. Uh, it, what's it? Um, uh, Oriental languages. <laughs> yeah, that's not mentioned here. Lest we forget. I mean, two of the, there's three things mentioned here. Two okay. of them I've seen no evidence of whatsoever in the films we've seen so far. Okay. So, Origami. I guess one will be like expert marksman. Botany, we know botany. Is <laughs> he likes that. What, very, what, what, very good at impressions. Yeah, the first... Is he? <laughs> he does... They all sound like Sean Connery. Well, these are things we haven't seen in the, the films yet. <laughs> he says, uh, "It says the first one is expert pistol shot, and we've seen him shoot right. plenty of people, so I'm, I'm, I'm alright with that one." 
So the other one will be like martial arts, I guess. No, that's judo. Not mm, no. Okay. No. Mm. Um. Hmm. Helicopter what else could it be? pilot. <laughs> well, no. The, what they are? Uh, boxer. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> yeah. Boxer and knife thrower. Oh, well, I feel like we've seen him throw a knife or two. We'll get there he in a couple throw, of films. He certainly. throws a knife in this one actually and kills. Him yeah, yeah, he's like throwing, oh, throwing yeah. But boxer, yeah, maybe that means like wrapping presents or something because we've never seen him. <laughs> <laughs> we've seen him around a Christmas tree. He doesn't look like he's had a few punches to the face, does he? Mm. That's interesting. You you got the uh, special edition DVD there, That's Alan. What they, it's these, called, yeah. these are the ones that um, along the spine they connect up to form a 007 symbol. Oh, yeah, are you gonna you gonna collect all of them, Alan? Keep this one. No, get the others. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take this back to a charity shop and. Let it move on in its journey. Spread the love, yeah. Good, good for you, Alan. <laughs> um, yeah. What, what are we saying? Send Daniel Craig to space. That'll do, won't it? I'd like to. <laughs> but what? But the thing is, yeah, you can't do a silly sci-fi Bond. You won't get away with that now. You, it needs to be a realistic. Well, space no, I, I mean, do it properly. Do do James mm. Bond in space, but like Daniel Craig era. Do it. Do like legit a legit attempt at that. Bond films are often like they often have their. Uh... Villains' plots have some sort of uh, reference to current news. Has uh, James Bond of the time. gone up against a kind of Silicon Valley entrepreneur yet, like an Elon Musk? Uh, is, is that in one of the new ones yet? Uh, oh, he went up against a Rupert Murdoch kind of villain. Oh, well, yeah, that was that's, uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, that's the old media. This is new yeah. media, man. Uh, yeah, true. I, I think um, I think you need like an Elon Musk figure as the villain who's. Doing mm. like personal trips to space, or mm, a Richard Branson, of course, like that. yes. And it's actually a a cover to put some evil satellite in the air that will turn everyone into a rage zombie, like Kingsman or something. I don't fucking know. Some, some <laughs> cover to put an evil satellite in the air, so James Bond has to go up and stop him. Do you know it'd be a good ah. Bond villain uh, of this mold? Kenneth Branagh. Oh. What play, playing like a Richard Branson type? Yeah, yeah, guy. like that yeah. type. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I can see really that. Actually, I think yeah. he'd fit in in a Bond film, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I think because he can do that. He can do that over the top camp, but within a sort of controlled way. I think. He yeah, and I think he, yeah. he can do he can do quite warm and charming, but then you know, yeah, the flick yeah. of a switch, and he's actually like nasty. Unhinged. Yeah, mm. yeah, I could see and he that, can do actually. flamboyance quite well as well, like in Harry Potter, but like not. Too over the top, like Alan was just saying. So, yeah. yeah and yeah. Uh, can we give him a little villain, like henchman, like uh, like Danny DeVito, but not Danny <laughs> Peter <Smith>. Dinklage? No. <laughs> uh, um, no. What, what's the, what's the new a new henchman thing that we haven't come up for, with yet? Um, but that is like popular and a uh, transsexual. <laughs> <laughs> A drag queen, not a transsexual, because that's a bit too real, isn't it? A drag queen. <laughs> what about a character whose henchman's this kind of sassy drag queen behind them? But then, like, every few scenes they swap round, and you get, like, the male version of the other one with the other one in drag, is, and they kind of keep swapping, and it's really disorientating, like, what's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> but that'd be good, yeah. Having a drag queen um henchmen because uh, they're really catty like in a in an interrogation yeah 
and um, uh, situation that you'd you'd want to tell them anything because they'd scratch your eyes out. <laughs> I only know things about drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, so that's that's probably not a you know realistic portrayal. But uh, well, yeah. I, I don't even know that. So. Um, but I like that because then you could have you can have it at some point they meet up with someone else and it is. It's it's the drag queen henchman, but like out of drag, and you don't even recognize. Well, them. lest we forget, Bond himself is very aware of this. Whole, Bond himself is a uh, a drag queen, when, like in his spare time, isn't he? What? Well, when he, when he's out supporting International Women's Day, he loves getting dressed up. Oh, right. yes, of course, in yeah. his spare time. So I think plus he was hanging out with that. He was hanging out with that stunt man dressed as the Queen at the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> so he that's another drag queen he knows. A real drag, drag queen. Can, can, can we actually get RuPaul to play the the drag queen, do you think? Can we just have RuPaul playing the Silicon Valley entrepreneur? Just, like, condense Ooh, it yeah. down into one. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit just of a left-field move, but why not? Because <laughs> I, I think the problem is you want, you want the henchman to be mute. And not re- like whereas the drag queen's typically going to be quite like say catty, a lot of a lot of Sassy. like one liners and put downs. So you need him to be talking. <laughs> yeah, who's the, who's the henchman then? How about they've got three, and they're like <laughs> just the three stooges. <laughs> <laughs> so every time they're like, for God's sake, go and do this. They're like, yeah, sure, boss. <laughs> don't. I don't know how this is going to fit into our serious <laughs> take on James Bond going to outer space. I like the idea of it being a deadly serious take on James Bond in space. And it's just the Three Stooges. Yeah. Uh, what about if you have it, the henchman is like Stephen Merchant. And it's just... <laughs> Whenever Stephen Merchant turns up in anything, it completely breaks the reality of it. And it's just Stephen Merchant going, all right, do that if you want. <laughs> what about if it's Stephen Merchant and Ricky Gervais and Carl Pilkington? Just like As bickering. The three stooges. Just fucking, yeah, just fucking bickering, unable to agree on how to do anything. Yeah. Gervais I mean, keeps I, going I on about it. how God isn't real every given opportunity. <laughs> But yeah, but then if they're if they're RuPaul's henchmen, then you just have Ricky going, "Hey, Carl, you see that? It's a bloke in a dress." He'd be like, "Oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it?" And then and then Ricky would go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> "Carl got uh, done up in drag, didn't he?" In one of yeah, the shows. Yeah, he got. Yeah, he, he travelled to Brazil. It was weirdly, um, yeah. yeah, weirdly went for it. Yeah, yeah. Well. Um, that's that's a messy uh, idea that doesn't really gel at all. I do think Daniel Craig era like space Bond. I do think a serious attempt at Bond in space would be interesting. And if you actually had him in space for like a good chunk, yeah, of the film. like the bulk yeah. of the film, yeah. And I think like what you touched on with the whole Richard Branson, like Elon Musk, you know, commercializing mm. space mm. travel thing. That's Kenneth a really Banner natural. Yeah, yes. That's a, just a natural way and is, of going. Has Bond ever like Bond could actually use a jetpack and it wouldn't be like too <laughs> stupid if it was one like one of those out like like in gravity like a proper space one with little like yeah. you know little bits of um yeah. pressurized air or whatever it is blowing out rather than just a flaming propulsion thing. I think uh James Bond boxing movie that that could be something couldn't it? 
Oh, oh, special skills. We've that's it. I've nailed it. Right, Silicon Valley entrepreneur, <laughs> his henchman, ex heavyweight champion of the world, called like Racky, played by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Racky Barbosa. <laughs> but he's mute. He's mute. He just he just goes, hey, yo. No, he, no, he talks, but no one can understand him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Racky, dispose of our inconvenience, and then <laughs> and then he like jumps in, and he has like a, and then Bond can use his boxing special ability that yeah. we we know he's had, but he's never been able to demonstrate. Mm. I I mean the the idea of Bond like properly having a boxing like fight with a villain is quite interesting actually. I like that, and he and he can have like big big metal hands that are like in the shape of boxing gloves, but they're like big <laughs> massive weights. <laughs> Can you see Roger Moore in a boxing film? I could see him boxing a kangaroo, like that <laughs> that level of film. But like, he's not happy about it afterwards, and he, he he ends up campaigning for years about like how cruel it is to make kangaroos box for amusement. <laughs> I read on IMDb's trivia that he was not a fan of having to film the scene where he shoots a guy out of the tree in this film. Because uh, oh, really? he felt it was promoting blood sports that he did not approve of. Oh, and that he regretted. Well, if anything, the he, ch- he, ch- he chooses not to shoot the birds and shoots the man who's trying to kill him, which he does a lot in these films. So he can't really yeah. have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it seems yeah. And it does. It does sort of even Bond even sit, make, has a little kind of dig at Drax about. Oh, not if you're a pheasant, you know. He's like giving him a bit of passive aggressive yeah. anti hunting yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A bit of Roger Moore bringing part of himself to the character. Thank you for listening, and if you'd like to hear more about James Bond, then please do check out Calvin's YouTube channel, which is completely devoted to the subject. Search for Calvin Bond or something similar, and you're sure to find it. If you're new to the podcast, then you may not know that we are slowly working our way through the whole Bond series chronologically. And you can get all our other Bond-related episodes in our back catalogue by going on to our website, dimreturns.com. And we've also done episodes on Bond-type things, such as our recent look at the Johnny English films. So do go and check those out. And did you know that we also put out bonus material on the website only that will not come into your normal podcast feed? For example, this week, we put out a Diminishing Returns mini-episode, or... Diminisode, where Sol and I discussed and reviewed the new Freddie Mercury biopic, Bohemian Rhapsody. If you like the show, then don't miss out on all those little extras. And join us next week when we get deep into DC with our in-depth look at Justice League. See you then. <laughs>